Once you are in VMware or into your local PC, log into Adobe Acrobat DC and click onto the PDF folder you want to edit and comment on. Once you are inside the PDF file, you will see the main toolbar with varying icons. Before you comment, make sure you are in cursor mode and not in pan mode. Now click and hold specifying the areas you want to give feedback on. When you're done, a small toolbar will appear with four options depending on your preference. Highlight, underline, strike through, and redact. For simplicity, we will use the highlighter to comment. Then click on the highlighted text and click on the comment box. This method is the same for the remaining options depending on how you want to mark your comments. If you want to remove your comment box or redo them, hover over the highlighted text and delete it and redo the process as instructed. Now you know how to comment on a PDF using Adobe Acrobat. Don't forget to like and subscribe for more tutorials and important information. Thanks for watching. Hello everyone. In today's tutorial, we will simply go over the steps to properly comment on a Google presentation and demonstrate a few techniques to commenting on a slide that will provide clearer and effective feedback during the creation of your Google presentation. Log in to your designated Google presentation where you want to comment. Once you're inside, you will see a circle shaped comment icon. Clicking on this icon, you'll be able to view the comments and feedback either by you or from another student. Clicking on any of these comments will show you exactly where these were. Clicking on any of these comments will show you exactly where the feedback was made. However, if there are no comments, this means no feedback was given or resolved during the creation of your presentation. To begin your feedback, simply click and hold on a text, then right click and click on comment. You can also do this by CTRL plus Alt plus M for keyboard convenience. You can also do this by a keyboard shortcut by holding CTRL plus Alt plus M for convenience. If you want to give feedback on anything besides the text itself, like an image, title, or the actual body of a text, simply click on an open area within the dimensions of that image, title, or text, and right-click to find the comment button. If you want to view your comments or feedback from a student, click on the circle comment icon again to show all the comments made. You can also see whether a feedback was resolved or not. Now you know how to utilize the commenting tool inside Google Slides. Don't forget to check out our other videos and tutorials on our TechEd channel for more tutorials. Thank you for watching. <coughs> Hello, welcome to Design 320. Today's lesson will demonstrate perspective line drawing or perspective sketching in AutoCAD. So what is perspective line drawing? Perspective line drawing is a technique that allows you to control the height of a viewer's eye and give you a reference point 
to control the subjects in your drawings or AutoCAD models you're making. In this lesson, we'll demonstrate three skill levels of perspective line drawing. Horizontal line drawing, vertical line drawing, and curve-based line drawing. As you progress in this tutorial, you will begin to realize that these three will be used simultaneously depending on what kind of AutoCAD project you're working on, 2D or 3D, and should prepare you for any perspective line drawing you need to do for your project. Beginning with the most basic line drawing, horizontal line drawing is identifying the corresponding lines from a horizontal perspective of an image or model. To do this in AutoCAD, simply open your AutoCAD template and use this image to begin a horizontal line drawing by either clicking on the line icon on the top left corner or typing line to activate it. Before left clicking, make sure you are able to visually make out the horizontal lines on the image and begin line sketching. Make sure to also extend your lines long enough to create a perspective point which we'll go over later in the lesson. Click on the tab in the lower left to go to the sheet that you want to work on. Before you start, make out visually where these lines are and begin marking out the horizontal lines on the building by left clicking on the starting point. Make sure to extend the horizontal line around this length to create our perspective point which we'll go over later. Click on the tab in the lower left to go to the sheet that you want to work on. Before you start, make out visually where these lines are and begin marking out the horizontal lines on the building by left clicking on the starting point. Make sure to extend the horizontal line around this length to create our perspective point which we'll go over later. Now in addition to horizontal lines, vertical line sketching uses the same method you made to create the horizontal lines but this time it will be on a vertical perspective as highlighted. You can always mark out more vertical lines to make your sketches more detailed. Once you're done sketching, you should have a pretty close sketch to Once you're done sketching, you should have a pretty close sketch to what the original image should look like, such as this or this. To view your sketch, go into the layers tab and untick the visibility on the previous horizontal lines, then click on the original image and press the delete key to see how you did. Undo this change once to see the original image again and continue sketching until you're done. Lastly, curve-based line sketching is also identifying the corresponding lines, however sketches any buildings that has any type of curve architecture such as this bridge. To activate this curve tool, go into the arc tab on the top left corner near the line tool. Clicking on the down arrow will show all the different types of arc methods. You can choose however... <clears throat> Clicking on the down arrow will show all the different types of arc methods you can choose. However, the easiest and most convenient method is, these, is the start and direction. But you can always try out these different methods to get yourself comfortable. Once you've activated the arc tool, click on the start point and your end point of the curve. You will be then left with a curve which you can, which you, which you are able to extend as much as you want until you can finally make an accurate sketch. Now you know how to create a perspective sketch in AutoCAD in horizontal perspective, vertical, and curve-based lines. Welcome to Design 301. Today's lesson will go over the basic layers used in AutoCAD and explain what, why, and how we use these layers tab using a template that will provide us a better visual to certain lines we're working with on, on AutoCAD sketches 
2D or 3D, while at the same time organizing them so that we can identify the purposes these lines serve. So what is Layers and what is the Layers tab? Well, taking a look inside AutoCAD up top shows a quick array of layers options you can choose from once you get more comfortable. However, in this exercise, you'll most likely refer to the layers properties that will open up as a larger tab. In order to get a better, better understanding of the layers properties and how they are implemented, we'll demonstrate a complete floor plan used on exercise 6.1 by simply identifying them. Here you can see each lines are color coded, have a certain line type, line weight or thickness and have a purpose in the sketch. However, in this lesson of basic layers, we'll use a simpler template to explain more thoroughly about layering. Taking a closer look into the layers properties, you'll see an array of buttons you need to know how to use to, success to, to successfully organize the lines. In order to understand how they work, we can simply break down each section of buttons to help you understand what these buttons are and what they do. Taking a closer look in the properties, you'll see a light bulb that simply turns one layer off or on. We can simplify what these lines are by taking only one of them each time. Doing so, you can identify specific lines here such as the door, wall, glass, or dimensions. Now that you're getting familiar with the layers properties, we can go ahead and try to change or edit these layers if needed by simply clicking on those options previously mentioned. If you want to change a line, if you want to change the line's color such as the doors, click on the square color space to change the color. If you want other things like the line type and line weight, simply click on one of its lists to change. The line type shows various preloaded types. For more options, click on load. This is the same for line weights but shows a full list of different line thickness you prefer for your given line. Now going over the freeze and locking layers, locking the layer allows you to temporarily disable a layer without making accidental changes. This is usually used in examples such as this floor plan with a lot of layers. For example, you want to move the entire dimension layers without moving anything else, go ahead and double click to check mark the dimensions, right click and select all but current. Then other than dimensions, click any layer to lock. Every layers except the dimensions can move. Now that you understand what, why, and how we use the layers properties, we can now finally make our very own customized layers in AutoCAD. Using a new project, open up the layers tab and you'll see a default layer 0. If you're creating multiple lines such as the shim in exercise 1.9 in this graphic, go ahead and click 5 times for 5 layers and name each lines as shown in the graphic. Next, edit the colors corresponding to those layer names. Next is the line type. As presented, click on the line type to activate continuous line for all except the center lines. The center line will need to go into the load bar and find center 2 as shown. Lastly, edit the line weights or thickness in the line weights bar and follow the shim template corresponding to each layer name and line weights, such as outline 0.047 and title 0.014. Once you're done, you have now successfully prepared each layers for the shim exercise 1.9. As you can see from this tutorial, making layers and using the layers properties does not have to be complicated. Now you are invincible in basic layering. In today's lesson, we'll go over a quick tutorial about how we use the model space and paper space in AutoCAD. There should be two important mindsets to keep in mind when you are working with importable and exportable AutoCAD models when working with real-world projects.
In some real world projects, you are required to flip flop from the model space to paper space to print the models on paper. This lesson will help you get comfortable with the paper space environment and demonstrate how you can use the paper space to print your layouts from the model space using a template used in the class. There are two environments to always keep in mind when you are working with AutoCAD. One environment is where you will spend most of your time, which is the model space. The model space is your main workspace where you create 2D or 3D models for a project and you could identify this by looking on the bottom left corner that says model indicating that you are working in model space. The model space is what opens first every time you open AutoCAD. Unless you, ha unless, you unless you have saved a project when it is opened in paper space. However, however, you can I, however, you can easily identify which environment you are in by its background color. Backgrounds with dark dark blue grid such as this would obviously be the model space. <clears throat> However, you can easily identify which environment you are in by its background color. Backgrounds with dark blue grid such as this would obviously be the model space, or this which is the white version of the model space. However, another environment to get used to working with is the paper space. The paper space is another workspace or viewport in AutoCAD that allows you to see your entire model or part of your model in a paper-like layout. In real-world projects, you will need to utilize this space to print a model physically on paper. In today's lesson, we will go over a quick tutorial about how we use the model space and paper space in AutoCAD. There should be two important mindsets to keep in mind when you are working with importable and exportable AutoCAD models when working with real-world projects. In some real-world projects, you are required to flip-flop from... In in some real-world projects, you are required to flip-flop from model space to paper space to print the models on paper. This lesson will help you get comfortable with the paper space environment and demonstrate how you can use the paper space to print your layouts from the model space using a template used in the class. In today's lesson, we'll go over a quick tutorial about how we use the model space and paper space in AutoCAD. There should be two important mindsets to keep in mind when you are working with importable and exportable AutoCAD models when working with real-world projects. In some real-world projects, you are required to flip-flop from model space to paper space to print the models on paper. This lesson will help you get comfortable with the paper space environment and demonstrate how you can use the paper space to print your layouts from the model space using a template used in the class. To open a paper space environment, Make sure you are in model space first and click on the model icon again on the bottom right corner. This bottom right toolbar is known as the display layout and model tabs. By clicking on the model again will convert the entire viewport to paper space. You will see that the viewport background becomes white as it would on paper. As previously mentioned in real world projects, you will need to utilize this space to print out 3D and 2D models physically on paper, such as this finished example of exercise 3.3 and exercise 4-3, which you will do sooner or later. Taking a look at these examples, you will see that there is a format to use when you are printing out models in paper space. 
This format indicated here helps with the name and specs of the model, starting with the institution, title of the model, size, file, creator name, scale of model, date, and sheet number. This template is provided in exercise 3.3 and 4.3. However, if you want to do all of this manually with your own project, remember that you are able to switch between paper space and model space as well, even under the white background, to resize or make sure you are printing the area you want to print on the model. For example, on this floor plan has four sections on the model. You can resize and move the areas of each to make sure they are printed out where they should where they should be depending on your preference. And you can do this on any model to ensure you are printing any models out correctly where they should be just by toggling paper or model in the bottom right icon as mentioned. If you want to completely move out of the white space and back into the blue grid model space, simply go to the bottom left corner and click on layout. You'll begin to realize that you now have two environments or two tabs which, you, which are the model and layout one to go into whenever you need to tweak your models. Once you have finalized your model on the paper space and you are ready to print, insert the title block template to label the model. Do this by clicking on the insert tab, then click on the insert icon. Click on blocks from other drawings to find the right title block in the browse folder or if it's preloaded from a previous project, you will see it here on this bar. Click on the title block, then move it to the bottom right edge of the screen, then type scale, to scale it into place as close as you can to the trace marks using scaling and stretching. Rename your title block by double clicking on the title block model and press OK. Double click on these letters to change your setting and name. Then when you're done, click on leave block editor. Once everything is done and you are ready to print, right click on layout 1 and select plot which is also the print icon and tweak these settings such as the printer name, paper size, the plot area, scale, and drawing orientation, and etc. Always click on preview button before clicking to make sure all your layouts fit inside the printed area. However, it is best to convert this into Adobe PDF first, then print it out in Adobe Acrobat as shown. As soon as it saves, the PDF will open. As soon as it saves the PDF, it will open. As soon as it saves the PDF, the model will open in Adobe Acrobat in PDF form where you can finally print the paper out. Now you know how to print your models in paper space. In today's tutorial, we will go over a beginner's complete guide to using Discord. Discord is a voice over IP platform that allows you to connect and communicate with people using voice and chat. Some new users find this platform difficult to navigate through. Therefore, this tutorial will provide the necessary visual aid and steps to help you get on your feet with using Discord and understand how it works. To get familiar with Discord, we will begin by starting with the sign-up link shown on the bottom screen. Enter the link and download Discord for Windows 10 as highlighted. If, you're, if you are using a different OS such as Linux or Mac OS, click on the three bars in the top right corner and click on Downloads to scroll through the different operating systems you can download with Discord, supporting iOS, Android, Linux, and Mac. To get familiar with Discord, we will begin by starting with the sign-up link shown on the bottom screen. Enter the link and download Discord for Windows 10 as highlighted. If you are using a different OS such as Linux or Mac OS, click on the three bars on the top right corner and click on Downloads to scroll through the different operating systems you can download with Discord.
supporting iOS, Android, Linux, and Mac. When Discord is downloaded, go ahead and sign up under your email, new username, password, and date of birth by clicking on register on the bottom corner. Once registered, the Discord platform will appear. As a new user, everything will look clean and empty as shown. However, to really understand how each space works and how to navigate through them, we'll show a filled Discord account while demonstrating what each spaces are. Starting on the left space is where your chat and community channels these two are separated by left space and right space as shown. The left are the different community chats you have joined and the right are the individual chats you've made with each user known as direct messages as indicated. However, if you do not see it this way, then click on view again to reset the platform. Going back to the brand new account, you will see on the community chats on the top left side of Discord an exclamation icon. This is a part of Discord's tutorial for starting a new server of your own. Clicking, clicking on the exclamation mark shows available templates you can use such as gaming, school club, and study group. And if you have a code, you may also join an existing server on the bottom as indicated. After, after you choose an option, create the server name and profile pic for the server. When you're done, you will see a brand new empty server which you can begin adding channels and voice chats. This server can do many things once you can get comfortable with its environment. For, for, for example, inside this filled community server looks much differently than a brand new server. To explain this, we'll demonstrate what each spaces are. This section highlighted are the voice and chat channels that have been made. Icons with a number symbol like this are the channels that you can join depending on which group chat you are in and what topics are discussed inside the channels. For example, this channel is specifically discussed. Discusses For example, this channel is For example, this channel specific For example, this channel For example, this channel specifically discusses about the ANU projects and topic ideas in chat. However, icons that have speakers are just like the different chat, chat channels, except they are open voice chats that you can join and schedule any time of the day. Clicking on a channel will open up a large chat will open up a large chat on the right side that's highlighted. Looking on the top right and bottom corner shows all the community members that have joined the server. Users at the top are either online or away with a yellow crescent, and users all the way to the bottom are offline. To expand your server using voice chats and chat channels, click on the plus icons highlighted. There are two plus icons. One is to create new text channels and the other for creating new voice channels. Clicking on, cl clicking on one will give an option to create a name specific to this channel as well as the option to create either a chat channel or a voice channel. If you want, you may also enable private channel to create a community where only selected members can view. Once you've successfully created a channel, another section will be added in the text channel or voice channel depending on which one you made. You can rename these channels anytime as well as customize it to your liking. Lastly, if you want to join popular public servers in Discord, official or non-official communities, click on the compass icon on the community channels area and browse through the different genres and games that you would like to join. 
For example, you can join the public server for Rocket League by clicking on Join Rocket League at the top, which gives you full access to its server. Browse through these servers and be part of the gaming community as well as educational community as well as educational communities. Now you know how to use Discord. Did you know many success stories come from people who started their own business? If you have a skill or idea you'd like to commercialize, getting a business license can help you do just that. In this video, we are going to show you the steps to filing a small or online general business license in California. Did you know many success stories come from people who started their own business? If you have a skill or idea you'd like to commercialize, getting a business license can help you do just that. We will also show you later in the video the short testimonies of our Design Hub interns that have obtained a business license and are currently running their own local business. So what is a general business license and what does it look like? Well, to run any legal business in California, you must have a license. Even if your business is only making a couple thousand per year or a local restaurant you know is making six figures, they all have a business license in one shape or form. However, since most of you are just starting a business, we will go through the steps for filing a local business here in the Sacramento region. But why do you need a business license? Well, almost all businesses will need a license from the local government to lawfully operate within their jurisdictions. These local licenses are typically very easy to obtain and require a paying fee. But why do you need a business license? Well, we need a license from the local government in order to lawfully operate within their jurisdiction, meaning the documents from the license certifies a business is safe for the public. But what do we mean by local? Well, at a local level, the business is issued from the local governments at a government office or in a business office rather than state level, which are usually for much larger businesses that need more oversights and regulations. These local levels pertain to either your county, city, or the town you're living where you'll physically get the permit through an appointment in an office or from a government building. Once you get the license, the permit will set a business address or location that you can use towards your business cards to show where your business is operating. However, if you are running a business such as appliance repair, e-commerce, or freelancing, then your home is established as your business address. Many small businesses that don't have these permits are in risk of huge fines and interest penalties and can possibly seize your operations to your business until you get a permit. So going through the legal process not only benefits relations with the government, but also provides proof to customers, employees, clients, industry networks, and social media platforms that your business is legit. So how do you get a business license? Go to your county website. In this case, we are located in the county of Sacramento and find the page for businesses and scroll for the business license and permit section. Depending on the city where you operate your business, the general business license may be called a business tax certificate, business registration, or permit. However, in Sacramento County, it is known as online business license application. 
which is basically an online document you will file with the county and a fee. In this case, with the Sacramento County, you are to follow the instructions by checkmarking which type of business you will be running. If none of the above, click next to proceed. The cost of a business license in California varies depending on the jurisdiction that issues it. Some cities use a flat fee, others use gross sales percentage, and some use a combination of the two. To make sure you understand the process, let's go through some of the websites from different cities and counties. This page here is to apply for a permit in Davis, California. Go to their county page via search City of Davis. Go to their business section and click on business license where you will see the business license application to fill out the PDF as shown. The steps are also the same for Woodland, California by typing City of Woodland. Search for business section, then business license and scroll again to find the business license application. When you are filling this out, make sure to check mark sole proprietorship for this type of business. Our incredibly talented Design Hub interns have used their skills and talents to create a business in their own niche. If they can do it, you can do it too. Welcome to Design 301. In workbook section 1, you will learn the basic fundamentals of CAD drawing. In this quick video, we will be highlighting the learning objectives of section 1. You will learn the various lists of short abbreviated command tools in AutoCAD, which are one to three words to help activate a certain tool. For example, L in spacebar activates the line tool. You will also learn how to set up proper drawing layouts by adjusting the correct settings for your drawings, such as adjusting the viewport size and layout scale from 1 to 1. Learn the three-point entry methods from static, dynamic, distance, and angle. You will also learn how to snap objects from its endpoint, midpoint, center, and node. You'll also understand what layers and text are by adjusting current settings of a layer using the tab and learn the different types of text tools in CAD. You'll also be introduced to the different line types and what kinds of line types to use. Last but not least, you will learn how to title your paper space drawing using the title block template used in the course. These are some of the important aspects to learn from workbook section 1. Once you get a hang of these methods and tools, you will perform the exercises pertaining to each learning objective such as exercise 1.7, object snapping, and exercise 1.12 for title block. Hopefully this video gives you a clear picture of what's to come in workbook section 1. Good luck! You will also learn how to set up drawing files, adjusting the correct settings for your drawing as described by your instructor, such as selecting a layout in paper space, a drawing scale like 1 to 1 using a template file and so on. Learn the three-point entry methods from absolute coordinates, relative coordinates, and polar coordinates. In this section, you will be introduced to basic commands such as draw, modify, and edit commands such as line, move, copy, offset, and so on. While using these commands, you will also learn the benefits and efficiency of working with command modes that are obtained in the status bar, like ortho, polar tracking, dynamic input, and object snap. You'll also be introduced to layers and learn to add text to your drawing. This section you'll add text by using a single line text annotation command. 
You will become familiar with creating layers and select the color, line type, line weight, and modes of function for the primary method for organizing the objects in a drawing by function or purpose. Last but not least, you will learn how to create a template file in exercise 112. This template file will include a title block and border and be placed on an A-size drawing layout. You will use both layers and a single line text annotation command to create your very own template file to be used on an A-size drawings in this course. These are some of the important aspects to learn from CAD workbook section 1. Once you get a hang of these drawing methods and basic commands, you will be ready to draw the exercises pertaining to each learning objective in section 1. Hopefully this video gives you a clear picture of what's to come in the CAD workbook section 1. Have fun drawing and learning the basic commands and methods in AutoCAD. You'll also learn how to use the command mode ObjectSnap. ObjectSnap provides a way to specify precise locations on objects whenever you are prompted for a point within a command, such as endpoint, midpoint, center, and node. You will also learn how to use the command mode ObjectSnap. ObjectSnap provides a way to specify precise locations on objects whenever you are prompted for a point within a command, such as endpoint, midpoint, center, and node. Welcome to Design 301. In workbook section 3, you will learn intermediate AutoCAD commands and orthographic projection fundamentals. In this quick video, we will be highlighting the learning objectives of section 3 in your CAD workbook. You will learn the six types of AutoCAD circle draw commands in the ribbon home tab from center radius, center diameter, two point, three point, and so on. This section also includes the fillet and chamfer in the ribbon home tab of the modify commands. You'll also learn how to set up a drawing with a title block and understand the differences between layout tabs and model tab. Depending on what kind of workbook exercise you're working on, you'll need to understand how to work in model space and paper space along with editing your title block. Learn the various methods of drawing an arc from three point, start center end, start center angle, start center length, and so on. Get introduced to isometric projection and how to activate isometric mode by changing the snap type to isometric snap from center and axis end. In this section, you will be introduced to advanced commands in AutoCAD, starting from the list of arrays you can choose from rectangular, path, and polar array. Last but not least, learn the three types of point styles in the Home tab draw panel from divide, measure, and multiple point. These are some of the important learning objectives from workbook section 3. Once you are able to understand the various orthographic projections and several intermediate commands, You'll be able to perform the exercises in section 3, such as exercise 3.1 in your workbook. Hopefully the list gives a clear picture of what's to come in this section. Have fun drawing! Including custom features like fillet and chamfer in the ribbon home tab of the modify commands. Today we're going to show you how to complete your hiring intent and live scan forms. The learning objectives of this tutorial will cover a complete guide to reading the email instructions, Understand the two types of forms you need to fill out, how to create an applicant or employee account, how to fill out the live scan and hiring forms, as well as knowing where to submit the application. As a new intern hiree, you will receive an email instruction that looks very similar to the board above. This does not cover the entire email instructions as this video will cover everything you need to do to complete your hiring and live scans.
Reading the board, you will see sections 1, 2, and 3. Each section has three different objectives you need to complete. Reading section 1, you will need to create an employee applicant account at www.losrios.edu, highlighting on community and click jobs at Los Rios, which we'll go over in detail. Looking at section 2, this section is the hiring intent forms that end with tclintent.pdf. In this form, you will need to print and fill out its highlighted sections. Section 3 is the complete and return live scan forms.pdf. Lastly, section 3 is the complete and return live scan forms.pdf. This live scan form will not only need you to fill out the forms, but you will also need to print out a copy of your photo ID and a copy of your social security card. Lastly, section 3 is the complete and return live scan forms.pdf. This live scan form will not only need you to fill out the forms, but you will also need to print out a copy of your photo ID as well as a copy of your social security card. There are only two physical forms to fill out, the hiring intent forms and the live scan. Before completing them, you'll first need to create an applicant account at the Los Rios page starting at community, then click jobs at Los Rios. When you enter, click on search jobs. This page shows all the jobs in the faculty. Click on create account to make one and place your username and password or login with LinkedIn. In the job search, look for an application named Projects SPA for Design Hub. Taking a look at the intent to employ forms, you'll see several yellow highlighted parts of the form such as street address, telephone, and city slash zip. These are highlighted areas which are the most important parts to fill out so make sure they are filled accurately. Fill out every section of the form, especially these areas. After completing the applicant account and the hire, taking a look at the intent to employ forms, you'll see several yellow highlighted parts such as street address, telephone, and city slash zip. These are the important parts to fill out, so make sure they are filled accurately. The last step in your hiring forms are your onboarding packet and live scan. The live scan forms are a mandatory part of the hiring process used as a background check before getting hired first time as an employee or intern. To complete this form, make sure you fill out the highlighted sections including signatures and dates. Keep in mind the onboarding and live scan come together. Pages 1 through 18 are the onboarding forms. These pages require you to find a dedicated time to fill them out as much as you can with accuracy. Once you complete 1 through 18, you will find that page 19 to 20 is a live scanning form known as Request for Live Scan Service. Inside the form are certain areas marked with an X. Make sure to fill them out with the correct information. These marked areas are the title of your position, last name, first name, date of birth, driver's license, height, weight, eye color, hair color, place of birth, social security, home address, and city. Make sure all of these information are correct. The last page of the form is to process your live scan fees. In this case, the college district needs your signature in order to deduct $32 from your next paycheck to cover the live scan fees for you to submit to the office. However, if you are not able to submit it to the campus, you may also do it at a local vendor that provides a similar service and is also recognized by the U.S. government. To, to find a trusted location near you, type oag.ca.gov fingerprints locations. 
Once into the page, scroll down to find your county, which is Sacramento. Clicking on the link will show all available locations where you can take your live scan and fingerprinting. The list also shows which location has the cheapest fee. Once you complete the live scan, you will receive two copies, one for yourself and one to submit along with the rest of the packet. At this point, you have finally completed the entire hiring and live scan forms. The last task is to place the packet in a large size envelope. To do this, staple the packets for tclintent.pdf and the onboarding forms, as shown below. Put the two packets on top of each other and staple the copy and receipt of your live scan, driver's ID, and social security together. The envelope should have a total of three stapled packets. How to update your employee self-service account? Email instructions. Understand the two types of forms you need to fill out. How to update your employee self-service account. How to fill out the live scan and hiring forms and how and where to submit the application. Reading the board, you will see sections 1 and 2. These sections will have two different objectives you need to complete. Reading section 1, you will need to complete all the selected fields in the packet named TCL New Hire Complete and Return PDF. These selected fields mentioned in section 1 are the demographic survey, the I-9 forms, live scan forms and the two digital copies of one your driver's license id and your ss card that is signed however this tutorial will demonstrate every steps to completing the live scan and where to find a trusted location to process it looking at section 2 the objectives of this section is about the employee self-service.pdf inside the pdf forms are sets of instructions you need to complete these instructions are to log into your employee service account in order to update your W-4, tax withholdings, emergency contacts, and direct deposit. There are only two digital PDF forms to fill out, the hiring intent forms and the live scan. However, they will both come in one digital packet for your convenience. To fill out this packet, fill out the general sections beginning from page 1 through page 11 including signatures and dates. After you complete 1 through 11, you'll need to complete the important pages mentioned in the email instructions such as the demographic survey in page 12, the I-9 forms in page 15, complete all of section 1 up until the employee signature field as shown in the arrow. Fill out all the pages until you reach page 18 through 20. These pages are reserved for the request for a live scan form. Inside the form are certain areas marked with an X. Make sure to fill them out with the correct information. These marked areas are the title of your job slash position, your last name, first name, date of birth, driver's license, your height, weight, eye color, hair color, place of birth, social security, home address, and your city. And make sure all of these information are correct. The second to last page of the form is to process your live scan fees. Because your live scan must be done physically, print out copies of page 18 through 20. In page 20, you will need a signature in order to deduct $32 from your next paycheck to cover the live scan fees you submit to the office digitally. If you are not able to process the live scan in the police office, you may also do it at a local vendor that provides a similar service and is also recognized by the U.S. government. To find a trusted location near you, type 
oag.ca.gov slash fingerprints slash locations. Once into the page, scroll down to find your county, which is Sacramento. Clicking on the link will show all the available locations where you can take your live scan and fingerprinting. This list also shows which location has the cheapest fee. When you complete the live scan, you will receive two copies, one for yourself and one to submit along with the packet as well as the important receipt of the live scan. At this point, you have finally completed the entire hiring and live scan form. The last object is to update your employee self-service account. To update your employee account, go to this page and click on Employees. Once refreshed, hover over to the employee login and click on Employee Self-Service with your student login credentials. Once into the page, click on Paycheck and Tax Information, then into Tax Withholding. This page shows both the federal tax, known as W-4, and the state California tax, known as DE-4. The forms are automatically filled out if an employer successfully processes your application. Until then, you also won't have access to your employee account until your forms are successfully processed and submitted. At this point, you're now ready to officially submit all the documents. To submit the filled PDF files and digital copies all together in one zip folder, take the edited TCL intent to hire and return PDF, a copy of your photo ID, and an SS that is signed, as well as a picture of your live scan receipt. Place all of these files onto your desktop lined horizontally from one another as shown. Drag over the selected files to select them, then right-click on Send To, then click Compressed Zip Folder. Once you see the new zip folder in the desktop, submit the zip folder by going to the email instructions you received and reply with the following zip as an attachment. Do this by selecting and dragging the zip file into your email and click on Reply submit the application as demonstrated. Submitting your hiring applications by replying will make sure your sensitive information is encrypted and secure. At this point, once your documents are processed, you are now an official classified intern specialist. Congratulations!